You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's absolutely no excuse for the Chicago Bears to lose to a Baltimore Ravens team without Lamar Jackson with a second-year backup quarterback making his first career start and the Bears collapsing in the same way they did just right before the bye against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Lockdown Bears on Facebook, join the Lockdown Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk, and make sure then that you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every day. We're here for you five days a week, free and available on all platforms. And today we're going back through another tough, heartbreaking loss for your Chicago Bears, this time to a Baltimore Ravens team they had no business losing to. Entering the game with Lamar Jackson, it would have been a different story. But as soon as the starting quarterback, the MVP caliber starting quarterback, is out for the game, everything else you predicted for that one goes out the window, and it should have been a much, much easier Chicago Bears victory. Instead, we get this, this back and forth of Dalton coming in for the injured Justin Fields and some very real concerns there, some, some definite ups and some definite downs from Dalton in relief there and some ups and downs from Justin Field as well. We'll get into the quarterback performances. The Bears defense falling under pressure again at the very end, blowing a late lead, but also held the Ravens to 16 points. So how mad can we be? We'll kind of dive into that dynamic. And then we'll wrap up trying to find some positives. You know, the sky might feel like it's falling, but there were some good things we can take away from that game and from this weekend moving forward for your Chicago Bears. So we'll we'll wrap up and hopefully leave a little bit more of a smile on your face than you might start with here in this podcast. But everyone's talking about Andy Dalton and Justin Fields coming out of this game and really, you know, how, how things are going to go at quarterback moving forward, mostly based on injury, but certainly Matt Nagy didn't do any favors for the... I don't know if quarterback controversy is even the right phrase at this point, but this this discussion, right? Nagy wouldn't explicitly state Justin Fields is our starter when healthy. And so all of a sudden, the question starts swirling again. Who's going to be the Bears starting quarterback? And I think it's a bunch of nonsense at this point. One, I think the way Nagy talked about the discussion, it just seemed to me like poor communication from him. He wasn't necessarily saying, oh, we don't know which quarterback we want to start. Like he gave some answers about how, you know, we need to see how healthy Justin Fields is and, and whether or not this rib injury is going to keep protect, keep affecting him. But he's been doing everything we want him to do as the starter. Like he, he basically did everything he could to kind of imply that Fields isn't doing anything wrong. So it would seem to me like this is probably nothing. And this was just Nagy failing to really answer the question, which is something we've, we've heard quite a bit this season and throughout the, ter- the tenure of your Chicago Bears head coach. But then the, the rest of the nonsense comes from what we saw on the field. And I, I was worried <laughs> that this was going to happen and it ultimately did. And I think based on the Bears fans in my mention, I think the majority out there, again, Twitter's not a great, a great uh, measuring stick necessarily, the temperature of the fan base, but it seems like 
most of the fan base is still behind Fields 100% and ready to keep rolling with Fields. And there's a few stragglers that still think Dalton is the better quarterback option and that gives them the better chance to win. And, you know, yes, he made a great touchdown throw at the end of the game there. The double move to Marquise Goodwin was a nice play overall. And I do think, and maybe I'll start there by giving Dalton credit where it is due. He changed that play at the line of scrimmage, adjusted the protection, put in the double move, and and executed that throw against the blitz. I don't know if at this stage of Justin Fields' career, you know, whatever it is, seven or six starts or however many it's been for him, I don't know that he has enough command of, of the offense to have made all of those same adjustments that Dalton did. Certainly, I think Fields could have hit that throw. Marquise Goodwin was wide open. I think Justin Fields had everything else happened and lined up that way. Fields is, is hitting that touchdown the same way. But I give Dalton credit for his pre-snap adjustments, getting players in position, and ultimately making the changes necessary to set up that touchdown throw. Absolutely. Now, that being said, the first touchdown was a 60-yard screen to Darnell Mooney. Andy Dalton threw it about a yard, or less than a yard. It was behind the line of scrimmage. D- Dalton threw that, and Mooney did the rest for the touchdown. So, you know, that wasn't phenomenal, amazing quarterbacking from Dalton. He did his job, right? And that was, that's what Dalton's performance was. He did his job. He looked like Andy Dalton. You know, he had some nice checkdowns. He let some players make some plays after the catch. Mooney certainly did that. Goodwin was wide open for him, and it was great pre-snap adjustment for him on that one. But then there were throws in the dirt. There were throws over his receiver's head. There were throws behind receivers. He was really generally inaccurate quite a bit in between the two touchdowns, and that's kind of what we had seen from Andy Dalton all along. Meanwhile, with Fields, we also saw some of those inaccuracies in the first half, and we saw rookie mistakes staying in the pocket too long a couple times, getting strip-sacked and and turning the ball over. Absolutely. You don't want those things from Fields. The completions that we did see him make, were all, generally speaking, downfield, difficult NFL throws that we didn't see Dalton make as many of. Dalton was a little bit more off target on some of those deep shots. Fields hit a few of them. Fields didn't hit enough of them. You want Fields to hit more of them, but certainly I think Fields was doing a lot of difficult throws and and still having trouble with some of the easy stuff, whereas I think Dalton does the easy stuff well and can't do the difficult stuff. And that's what we've kind of known all along with these two quarterbacks. And the idea has always been, well, you keep rolling with Fields because he can make the hard throws downfield and the spectacular plays, and that the easy stuff should get easier as he gets more experience, gets more playing time with his receivers that he was never practicing with, have the offensive line maybe get better over time, the running game help him out, the play calling is supposed to help him out, and that's that's how the progression is always supposed to been for been, how it's always supposed to be for Justin Fields. So this game against the Ravens doesn't change any of that. It was the same Dalton, it was the same Fields, and I think we've seen Fields get better from his first start and continue to show improvement from week to week, so any discussion of, like, starting Dalton when Fields is healthy, I think, is is just nonsense. Dalton may start next week because Fields isn't healthy, and I am all for protecting Justin Fields' health first and foremost. You don't need to rush him back out there to win games now that you're 3-7. and seven. I mean, playoffs just aren't really in the cards right now, but use Dalton as, a, as certainly a, a veteran reliable backup while Justin Field is not healthy, but then get Field as many of these plays as possible throughout the rest of the season so he can continue that development into year two and potentially pick up next year where he finishes strong this year if things go as planned. So uh, some ups and downs for both quarterbacks, but we know that Dalton isn't going to be anything different than that. And we do know that Fields is on a path and is already showing that improvement to get better and better to be more of those things. And you can start to then question the wide receiver depth and the playmaking ability. And you know, Mooney did that 60-yard catch and run for Dalton, but 
for whatever reason, the playmaking wasn't there for Fields as much, and there's just a lot of different factors that go into that. So hopefully we don't have to have this quarterback controversy discussion much longer, and it can just sort of be a, a health-only decision here for the Chicago Bears. I think the d- discussion about the Bears' defense might be ongoing here as back-to-back weeks blowing a very late lead and not looking as stellar as we thought this defense would be. We'll kind of look at what went wrong down the stretch there and how much blame the defense really should get in a game they only gave up 16 points. Next on Locked On Bears. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And really, I think it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings all your favorite live TV and on-demand shows together like never before. So you can watch all of your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to ever buy a new device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. The Chicago Bears defense seemed to be steady enough for three quarters, right? I mean, but the Ravens got a couple of field goals in the first half, and it seemed like the Bears defense was holding up strong, particularly in the red zone. And that's what you should be getting against a backup quarterback making his first career start, a quarterback that, I mean, there's a challenge there in not having any tape and not having any time to prepare for Tyler Huntley. But the Ravens, I guess, A, Tyler Huntley didn't seem like the type of quarterback that you needed to a lot of extra preparation for. I mean, he's been a backup for a reason. He was not not a top flight starting experienced guy by any means. But, you know, you know he's got similar mobility to Lamar, not not at Lamar Jackson's level. And you know he doesn't he's not gonna necessarily carve you up from the pocket. So it's not I mean like yes, there there is some challenge to a new quarterback, but it's a much worse quarterback than you were preparing for already. So I, I certainly don't see that as any sort of excuse for this Bears defense. I do just I struggle with a little bit of like how how upset to be with the defense and how much blame to give to the defense. Cause like, you know, you kind of look back through the game and I think Tyler Huntley had Seven passes of 10-plus yards in the first half alone. And he was able to find some room against this this Bears secondary. And, you know, you got to give Tyler Huntley some credit. I mean, he was an unknown, and maybe he is a better quarterback than anyone is going to give him credit for because we've just never seen it before. He was a complete unknown and played pretty well. He got the win, right? I mean, he played he played well enough to win the game for the Ravens. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe first of all, we should give him some credit for actually playing pretty decent, for all things considered, not, you know, getting starting reps at any point during the season. A lot of the things that, you know, we would give Justin Fields the benefit of the doubt for, Tyler Huntley did not. And I, I think there's there's something to that there. And also, you look at the Bears defense, Khalil Mack out for the season. Akeem Hicks not playing in this one. Eddie Goldman leaves the game with injury. Eddie Jackson out, although that you can argue how much the Bears defense was missing there. Although I think from a leadership standpoint and a play calling standpoint, you're missing a lot of guys that know the scheme thoroughly and just maybe a little more reliable than the likes of 
you know, Dion Bush or, or Angelo Blackson or some of those different guys up front. So it is a depleted Bears defense that was already lacking in some overall talent, you know, at the cornerback spots. And there's been some other inconsistencies at the other linebacker spot, right? There's, there's some bits and pieces there. So, you know, I'm willing to give them a little bit of leeway there. And so then, you know, you, you sort of combine that with, with the final score. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how much blame I want to give this defense because like, obviously the coverage busts at the end and that, that final drive is so frustrating and again, feels inexcusable against a quarterback of Tyler Huntley's status. You can't make it that easy for a quarterback in his first career start. You got to at least make him earn it. You know, if he, if he had hit some like tight window, tough throws that just, you know, good coverage, but better throw and better play by the receiver, you know, okay, I can live with the defense getting beat in that regard. But you know, what I think was it was it Sammy Watkins that was wide open on the 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 busted coverage that got him down to the five yard line, where he was just he was wide open, and the safety had to come over and make the tackle to just save the touchdown. I mean, you cannot have that miscommunication by your cornerbacks in that moment. And I don't know whether to blame coaching or or the players there, right? Because the coach doesn't tell them to mess that up. The coach will tell them to communicate, and when the players then don't communicate, it, 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 is, it is inherently the player's fault for getting it wrong, but then is it also the coach's fault for whatever reason not hammering home enough discipline for them, not, not making sure that that communication is always clear and taken care of? Because when you see the replay, two players cover the same guy, and nobody covers Sammy Watkins. That's essentially what happened. They were trying to figure out who was going to cover who on that play. They uh, they were unable to be on the same page about who was supposed to cover Sammy Watkins. And so, like, you can't have that at any point in the 10th game of the season, let alone under two minutes left with a lead in the 10th game of the season after your quarterback just drove down and had a really impressive touchdown to give you the lead, right? It's it's so much more worse when you when you apply the situation where they are in the season. And it's guys that have been playing all year, Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, I believe. I, didn't, I wasn't able to see specifically who were the two that were miscommunicating, but that's who's, those guys have been playing all season. I mean, most of the secondary has been at least the cornerbacks have been the same guys all season. It's not a new player that you just ran out on the field and has to figure out where he's supposed to fit in. These are this is what you've been asked to do from the very first game, and so that's where it's it's so frustrating, and, and it's where you know you look at like trying to trying to slow down a quarterback like this. I think it's a similar formula to what you wanted to do against Lamar Jackson, and certainly to what teams try and do against Justin Fields. When you got a, a quarterback in his first start, just like it was with Fields in his first start, confuse him. Pressure him, make it difficult on him up front, show a lot of different blitz looks and make sure he doesn't know where the pass rush is coming from and disguise the coverage so he's not able to read that pre-snap. And we saw some of that. I think we saw a couple of cornerback blitzes get home. We certainly saw part of the pass rush get home and they sacked him a handful of times and didn't let him stay in the pocket comfortable all game. But I do question whether or not they did enough disguising and trick looks and different ways to kind of make it less clear for the quarterback. Were there too many straight four-man rushes and, you know, straightforward coverages with not enough disguise? Certainly can't tell from just watching the broadcast, but I'm curious to go back to in the All-22. Did they do enough defensively to outcoach the Ravens offense and make it a difficult read for the quarterback? I, I feel like probably not enough, but they did limit the running game. They did, you know, they, they didn't let... Lamar Murray and, and, or excuse me, Latavius Murray and, you know, that whole backfield with Devonta Freeman and, and even the quarterback got a couple scrambles in there, but didn't necessarily carve them up in the ground game. He did make some, some nice throws, but 
I don't know. It just, I'm stuck on defense. I really, really am. I want them to be better, and I want to be mad at them for blowing that touchdown, which they absolutely, it's not, excuse. there's no excuse to give up the busted coverage and then let them run in for from the five-yard line and have linebackers be out of position on the touchdown run and shoot the wrong gaps. I mean, it's just, you can't have that at this stage of the season, but you also can't expect 16 points to be a losing performance, right? I mean, the Bears' offense has to score more than 13. They have to score more than 16. You can't expect... In the, in, in the NFL, even against backup quarterbacks, right? I mean, like, you can't expect to score fewer than 17 points and win a game. And so, like, defense needs to be better, but I'm, I'm putting more of the blame overall on the offense, I think, than the defense, just based on the bigger picture. As, my, as frustrating as the end was, the bigger picture, I think, is where I'm stuck trying to have the takeaway here, but still a lot of frustration with the defense and a lot that they need to improve on. Still, I think, also some stuff to be encouraged about, or, or maybe not encouraged, but just there were some positives in this game, right? It was not all disaster. It wasn't the Buccaneers-type blowout where nothing ever went right for your Chicago Bears. We'll go through some of the positives and remember that, hey, you know, this guy is not completely falling in Chicago next on Locked On Bears. If you haven't tried the world's best-tasting protein bar, Built Bars, by now, you are missing out because yes it is a protein bar but it, it doesn't taste like other protein bars you know some of the other brands you know they tend to be a little bit chalky or, or waxy and they're just kind of hard to chew down right it's like they sound good at first then you bite in and you're like oh this is this is not actually good but built bars are different they're soft they're all covered in 100 real chocolate they're easy to chew and they taste to me like candy bars a salted caramel built bar you put that next to a milky way and you've got the same sweet, delicious taste, but instead, Built Bars are low sugar, low calories, low carb, high fiber, and high protein. It is a combination that you cannot find in any other product, and they have a bunch of delicious flavors. I've got some coconut brownie chunk in my cupboard right now that I just can't get enough of. I have to limit myself to just eating one a day or else I would go through the box way, way, way too fast. You gotta try them for yourself. Head on over to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you're gonna get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Despite the Chicago Bears' loss, they were able to cover a four-and-a-half-point spread from betonline.ag. That is the number one place we recommend for all of your sports betting needs. I didn't see where the line moved after Lamar Jackson was ruled out. That was a, a last-minute shakeup there. But for most of the week, it was hovering at four, four-and-a-half points. And so the Bears falling just short, but not short enough to consider the loss on, on the betting spread right there. So if you if you took the Bears and the points, you really had the opportunity to cash in even on the loss. And certainly it made those last moments that much more exciting. Got to check out betonline.ag if you want to make your Thanksgiving weekend more exciting with the football games or even next Sunday. Get a little juice on some of those actions and then all of a sudden you care just a little bit more about how these two teams are playing on the field. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKED ON, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, giving you even more money to play with at betonline.ag, where the game starts. I wanted to get to some positives here. We had to start with 
the 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 real important discussions, the the quarterbacks and the last minute failure of this defense. But it, it wasn't all bad, and there were some individual players that definitely stepped up and and gave us some encouraging performances moving forward. And I think you got to start with Robert Quinn, another really strong game. This one, especially without having Khalil Mack out there, really sort of proving how capable he is of doing it himself. I believe he was, in the end, credited with three and a half sacks in this game, plus the strip sack, plus a couple of tackles for loss, plus the uh, a couple of quarterback hits added on top. And I haven't, the PFF numbers aren't yet, but I'm sure the pressures are going to be in there as well. And really continuing the strong first half of the season and picking up on where he left off and giving the bears a lot of reasons to want to keep him around next year and beyond. You know, after last season, we kind of thought this would be the last year to prove it. And maybe the bears would cut bait and call it a a free agent miss, but he has been phenomenal. The motor is incredible. The bend around the edge and so smart of him to kind of recognize that a second year quarterback that doesn't have great ball security. And you saw the first sack, he swatted at the ball, but wasn't able to strip it out. And so second time when he's out of the pocket, Went after it again, and it popped right up, right as he swung at it and batted the quarterback's ball away. So he was even going for it again on his third sack. He was reaching at that ball, trying to get it away. So I, I really thought Robert Quinn was phenomenal again, making plays in run defense. And, you know, give credit to another positive in this one, Travis Gibson. Without Khalil Mack, I, I don't know that you think he kind of technically gets the start, but they were rotating a lot of different guys at the other edge rusher spot. But he was getting pressure. He did get us. He got home on one sack, but he was turning the corner well against the right tackle. And it was a weakness that we had kind of pointed out on Friday's podcast, putting together a game plan for how the Bears could beat the Ravens. And that right tackle spot was where we were kind of keeping an eye on for the Bears to have an advantage potentially in the pass rush department. And so Gibson getting in there and continuing to show that progress now early in his career. Not ready to say, you know, if you, for whatever reason, get rid of Mack or Quinn this offseason, that Gibson is ready to be your every down full-time starter, but he's he's progressing that way and is at least looking like a very, very solid number three option. And what was important for me in this game was not only was he getting good pressure on Huntley, but he made a couple of really nice plays in run defense too, collapsing the edge. Sometimes it's just about getting under the, the tackle's pads and forcing the cut back inside, but there was at least one play where he swimmed the tackle and chased it down for the tackle for a loss. And it's good to see him develop into that that run and pass defense, sort of that balance there as a rusher and a run defender. I mean, certainly you're not asking him to be a a stellar coverage player, and they're not really dropping him back all that much, but encouraged by both of your edge rushers in this game, helping the Bears defense find a little bit more of that identity in the pass rush and in the front seven, even as the secondary was struggling a little bit. Then, of course, on offense, the the big playmaker in this one was, was Darnell Mooney. I mean, taking the screen 60 yards for a touchdown, looking fast, making guys miss. But he and Fields connected on a couple of downfield throws, and he and Dalton almost connected on a couple of downfield throws. I mean, he is the Bears' leading receiver. With or without Allen Robinson right now, he is the number one guy. He's playing like the best wide receiver on the Bears. Robinson not playing in this game maybe puts even more attention on, on Mooney, and he was able to absolutely deliver. We knew the Ravens' secondary was not a super strong group and that they had given up some bigger plays downfield passing the season. And so good on the bears and the quarterbacks and even the coaching staff for, for getting some of those plays going first with fields. And then certainly at the end there with uh, Andy Dalton, Marquise Goodwin finished with over a hundred yards receiving too. I believe a lot of it coming on the double move touchdown, but executed the double move 
caught the pass, had a couple of other catches. I mean, he was he was working in this one, too, in the absence of Allen Robinson. I think he did a pretty good job of stepping up as well. So, you know, th- there's some positives there, right? Wide receivers and pass rushers, absolutely making a difference for this Bears, helping keep them in this game and keep it, get back and take that late lead, or at least, you know, staying in it to make it a three-point game and having the Bears cover that spread. A lot of credit to uh, Mooney and Goodwin there for, for the efforts they did, but certainly the pass rushers kept the Ravens' offense from doing a lot of what they wanted to do. Those were kind of the main individual players and guys, although I think, you know, if you just kind of look around the rest of the NFL weekend, if you're looking for a positive, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers lost. Yeah, it was to the Vikings, and it was, you know, an NFC North game there, but anytime you can you can see Green Bay take an L, I think it's a it, it can be a slight silver lining for the Bears. Not that they're competing for the division title at this point, but, I mean, Come on. I mean, certainly we don't wish injury upon Aaron Rodgers, but clearly I think he's being affected there by that toe injury up there. And just, you know, it's always nice to have Packers fans maybe knock down a peg when they're getting real confident this this time of year. And, and good for the Vikings to stick one to Green Bay because we know they uh, they certainly play that game like it's a, a really big, it's a really big matchup for them certainly every year. Bears still have the Vikings twice on the schedule, so maybe they're going to be a little bit more formidable when we get down that stretch, but we'll, we'll see what exactly that's going to bring for them once we get there. A lot of time between now and then, who's even going to be, you know, the, what, what's going to be the health of the Bears quarterbacks in that one. The other, the other thing we're seeing is maybe we're going to get Tim Boyle again on Thursday from the Lions. I think that's a potential positive as well. We can kind of look at moving forward. I mean, if even if Jared Goff's able to go, it's a pretty favorable matchup for your Bears. But if it's Tim Boyle especially, I mean, he is just, he's not good. <laughs> the Lions were awful with Tim Boyle in the game. And so it's another game that should be winnable with a backup quarterback for your Chicago Bears. Ravens have proven to you that it's easier said than done, and certainly I don't know that we're going to take anything for granted (laughs) at this point of the season moving forward, but you can bet we will break down that game, get you ready for it on Thanksgiving, and so much more all week long right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We are free and available on all platforms. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in, following along all season through the ups and especially now five losses in a row. There's a a lot of reasons to be pessimistic and upset, but, you know, I appreciate the people in the comments on the YouTube videos, the people on Twitter at Lockdown Bears and the Lockdown Facebook group joining in this conversation, really trying to make the most out of what's a difficult stretch right now. And especially now with Fields injury, there's a lot of question about what is still to come. But I think there is still a long term bright future with Fields. And if you're looking forward to potentially a head coaching change, I think the Ravens outcome definitely uh, gets you one step closer there. But hey, we've got plenty more to break down. And I hope at least kind of venting and getting some post-game therapy in this podcast makes it a little bit easier for you to still find some way to bear down.